0: Girlfriend, here is your show. Girlfriended, your chance to connect with other women, especially the woman that is most overlooked, yourself. Girlfriended is all about helping you become self-aware, not self-involved. The aim is to provide information that relates to life, which leads to real connections and results in a desire to connect or care for those in need. The Girlfriended principle was born out of loss. Patty's mother was murdered, and Lisa lost her mother to cancer. This forged a bond between them that nothing could shake. And now the women want to help you in more ways than you can count every day. From the website, GirlfriendIt.com, and the movement, GirlfriendIt, here are Patty Wyatt and Lisa Dernigan on Toginet.com.
1: How different would our lives be if we actually believe that we are loved, wanted, pursued, and cherished? Actually, Patty,
2: you—I must say—you do embrace that. And in fact, I just have to—I just have to go there just a little bit. So, humor me. I remember when we first met. I don't know, like what, fourteen years ago? We're we're aging here. Um, You told me in one of the first conversations. You said, "Just so you know, I am God's favorite." (laughs) And then you proceeded to tell me that you are really the golden one. You're—you're—you're golden. And you really didn't have a smile on your face when you told me. And I just remember thinking. Seriously? And and then it, what's been interesting, and I use the okay, word... That, that okay, that
1: does not put me in
2: a good life. I don't, I have the time I to time to No, Things happen to you that don't happen to me. I have to endure you getting accolades and getting gifts. And when I'm just standing there around you, and these things are showered on you. So I could really not like you, but I choose to love you. And so I choose to want you and to love you and to cherish you. Blah blah blah. Okay, enough about that, right?
1: <laughs> no, I'm good. Keep telling me how much you cherish me. <laughs> okay, before we get too far into
2: our show, we're you know, let's go into a different Let's focus on somebody else today, okay? Before we get too far into our show, you are listening to Girlfriend It Radio with Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan, where we rally you to do the remarkable through resources and relationships. And we're going to have more information about today's show and other tips and tricks on our website at
1: girlfriendit.com. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Well, some of you might remember the YouTube video that exploded on Why I Hate Religion But Love Jesus with Jefferson Bethke. And uh, we've actually had him as a uh, guest on our show. And today, we have the privilege of having his wife, Alyssa Joy Bethke. Um, She's actually the rookie wife because she's still in the honeymoon stages. And we're going to have to hear all about that, Alyssa. Um, she is married to, to Jefferson, and she has kind of collided her worlds together with Robin Gunn, um, one of the best-selling authors that she has co-authored now with. And Robin, over the last 25 years, has written 85 books with 4.5 million copies in print. And now the two of you, you've gotten together and you've written the newest book, um, it's not written, the newest book. You guys wrote this new book called Spoken For, Embracing Who You Are and Whose You Are. Uh, welcome, Alyssa. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here today. Well, we have to go back to um, you, are, you are the rookie wife. How is that going? Because when we had your hubby on, uh, you guys were engaged. So oh. has it been two years or how, how long have you been married now?
3: Um, almost
1: two years. Two years. Well,
2: yeah. just so you know, um, I've been married much longer than that and so has Patty and I still think I'm a rookie wife because you're always learning and growing. So I don't know, that's, I, we like that term. So I think we're still a rookie wife too.
1: Definitely. <laughs> so I, I want to ask you how, are you, how did you and Robin get together? That is a really cool team that you guys have, have come together and how did you guys find each other?
3: Yeah, it's such a fun story. So I, um she wrote a series called The Christy Miller Series, and I started reading it when I was 15. And that's how I started to really walk with the Lord. And um, I was a believer before, but through those books, I really realized it's a relationship with the Lord and just so many things. And so all through high school and college, I read her books and really felt like I was discipled through them. And then after college, I went and I um, interned at a church in Maui. And one day, I was the only one in the office. And lo and behold, Robin and her husband walk in the door. And I was thinking, wow, she looks so familiar, but I couldn't place her. And I was like, oh, my goodness, your Robin joke's done. And I told her just what an impact she had made in my life. And we had this tearful moment, and um, I thought that would be it. And then her and her husband moved to Maui two months later, and started going to our church so we just became really good friends and she became a mentor and i worked for her for a little bit um and she had told me about this book spoken for that she wanted to write but it just wasn't coming to her yet and she didn't feel like it was the right time and then a couple years later when i was already married and living back in seattle she called and asked if i wanted to write this book with her which was so cool and such a dream come true because i've been wanting to write for high school girls for a long time so it's just a really cool story and we're so excited that it's done and it's available and here it is.
1: Wow, that is an amazing story. I I am always in awe of how God um, puts people in your life like years prior to finally doing, you know, not like finally, but all of a sudden he puts this path in front of you and you go, oh, that's why yeah. you had us meet, you know, years ago. Well, so you obviously work with young women if you felt, you know, compelled and felt called to write this book. Um, what what happened in your life that prompted you to want to help them and, and just really help them understand
3: their value
1: in the eyes of God? Yeah,
3: well, I think because um, I really started walking with the Lord when I was 15, high school was such... Um, a really hard time, but also just such a sweet time for the Lord and I like I you know so much happens in high school, and I really had to press into him and um just seek him and have him be my everything, and I experienced a lot of loneliness and you know never having dated and all of these things, and really um realizing the Lord is always with me and present and and so I remember those feelings and those times so vividly. And, and I've worked with high schoolers a lot, um, in the school setting and the church setting and just seeing their hearts and where they are and I still resonate with them and wanting them to really know, um, just how much they are loved and they are pursued regardless of what happens at school or with friends and, um, just knowing that the Lord is with them and loves them so, so much and wanting that resonate with them and have want them to really believe it, not just know it in their minds.
1: Well, we have to go back. We want the nitty-gritty. When you say, I went through this time of such loneliness, what is going on with the younger generation where it does seem like there's this more of a oh. oppression? I mean, you hear of... Um, just, you know, people cutting and, and uh, I don't know, it just seems like there's no hope or, so tell us a little bit about your loneliness and did it all fall into, because you weren't dating someone or, or what, what really propelled those
4: emotions?
3: Yeah, well, I think I, you know, there's some struggles that we just always have and they get better and the Lord grows us, but I think one of those things for me is loneliness and I'm an only child and, um, and I really love to be around people, and so. But during that time in high school, I um, so I had tons of friends in junior high, and but then right before I went into high school, I really started to walk with the Lord, and so when I went into a public setting, public school um, for freshman year, all of a sudden I was so lonely because all these friends I had had, I didn't really share the same values with them anymore, or want to participate in the things they were necessarily doing and so I just didn't really have any friends at school and so that was really lonely and then I think too just yeah I never had I never was a girl that had guys pursuing her or you know never really got asked to a dance and and when you're in high school that that is so important like you just want that so bad and so feeling a little lonely in that too um And I just, and yeah, so for me, that was my loneliness, but it was looking back. I'm so thankful that the Lord let me go through that because I really had to cling to him and really, you know, like I remember walking through high school halls and just praying because the Lord was my best friend um, when I had nobody to talk to. And I'm so thankful for that foundation now of time with him.
2: It is interesting how so many times it is from our own pain. And at the time, you're like, oh, God, please take this away. This is It's Mm -hmm. brutal. And then when you look back, you're like, you know, that was kind of a gift because I can really um, understand and come alongside others that go through that. And it's hard to speak to somebody and tell them you understand when it's just coming from your head and not from your heart. And so God does allow us to go through those experiences to use them to honor him and to really come alongside other people. And, you know, we're seeing um, such a need, like Patty kind of referred to, with, with the younger um, generation and the young um, people. It, it's just they do need hope because you're looking around and economics mm-hmm. is failing us, government is failing us, all this stuff, and you go, where is the hope? Where is the future? And so it, it, in some ways it's such a golden opportunity for us to really, um, you know, be light and and give a message of hope to them. So when you're speaking to the younger gals, how do you, you know, like? Uh, so a lot of people are sitting going, I, I do, I want to reach out to younger gals, but to a lot of people, it's very intimidating. The younger generation, um, and I think, well, I think women, you know, that are, you know, in the in the older generation, and I'm not saying old old, um, but you know, 10 years or so older, just because. Um, the technology and stuff, people feel intimidated or inadequate to talk. How do, how do you see the generations coming together where, like, we really can't support each other and understand each other? And what are the younger ones needing from, from a generation above them? Yeah, I
3: think, oh, totally. And it's so funny because, you know, I worked in high school so for so many years, and I'm totally intimidated by them, like, every time. But I just have such a heart for them. And Um, I think they can be intimidating, especially being on the phone all the time and they may seem disinterested, but I think within every, um, every heart, they're just longing for relationships. And I think tying back into loneliness, I think that's why this generation is so lonely because we're so, you know, we're so connected. It's like we're the most connected we've ever been on social media with Facebook and Instagram. We know what people have for lunch and all this stuff. But really, we're not having that true communi- that true fellowship and true um, community where you, like, share life and you share your struggles and are super vulnerable with each other. And so I think um, they're just crying out for that. And so for us to know that and realize that and when they seem disinterested to keep pressing in and keep, um, you know, to enter their world, and maybe that is through social media and then eventually having a real relationship, but just really... Um, keep pursuing them, and that's what they really are wanting and longing for.
2: And that is a, that is a great, you know, we'll be right back with author Alyssa Joy Duffy.
5: My husband and I were in youth ministry and knew nothing about church planning. But as we felt God leading us to
6: start a new church, we were connected with Stadia. They gave us coaching and personal care, giving us the confidence that we needed. They even have a ministry called Bloom that's designed to support me as
5: a lead planner spouse. We now lead a church in Cleveland, Ohio that's transforming lives, and we couldn't
4: have done it without Stadia.
7: Stadia brings people and churches together to transform lives and communities through church planting. For more information, go to stadia.cc.
4: Have you heard? The pages of American Patchwork and Quilting magazine come to life on our new weekly online radio show, American Patchwork and Quilting. Join Pat Sloan, our blogging and quilt designer host, as she talks about the latest trends, ideas, and inspirations. Her guests include quilt pattern designers, authors, quilt shop owners, and our editors. All quilters, just like you. Call in with your questions. Get quilting tips from industry experts. Learn about free patterns. Hear behind-the-scenes stories from our magazines, American Patchwork and Quilting, Quilt Sampler, and Quilts and More. Get the scoop on free stuff. And find out more about the best independent quilt shops in North America. To listen to a live show, tune in Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern. Just log on to allpeoplequilt.com radio. To hear past shows, go to iTunes and search for American Patchwork and Quilting Radio. We hope you'll join us because we know that quilting changes everything.
0: Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio. A chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toldyadad.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa.
1: We are back speaking with Alyssa Joy Bethke, and she has teamed up with Robin Gunn in writing the book Spoken For, Embracing Who You Are and Who You Are. And Alyssa, we, we just were finishing up in the last segment talking about um, the relationships with the younger girls and how they're connecting, and so many times through social media and uh, in different ways, but yet um, not really connecting on that deeper level. And uh, what, what was your like aha moment as you are going through writing this book to really help maybe communicate that, how, how significant and how important that is to the younger generation to have that, that relationship. And and like you said, um, that relationship with God, that it, it's, it's an epic love story. How do you, how do you convey that to your readers?
3: Yeah, well, I think um, most girls that I know, we love a good love story. And so it was really fun writing this with Robin and just pulling a lot of our personal stories. And um, and for me, it was a lot of my stories with Jess and how we met and how we fell in love and the ups and downs. And um, so being able to pull from my life in that way and then be able to, show them that God is the ultimate, you know, lover of our hearts. And he's the ultimate relentless pursuer. And so it's just really cool to parallel those and then to hopefully point these girls to um, just how completely loved and pursued and wanted they are by Jesus.
1: I think it's so difficult when we live in a culture where they're watching, you know, Bachelor um, you know, vampire diaries, all of these, uh, what's, what's the other one? Something about the secret. I know your secret or anyway, it's uh, so many times are seeing these beautiful girls and they're the, the way that they dress, the way that they um, talk to each other. I, I think it's difficult um, to pull them off of the the Hollywood and, and just spending so much time Um, watching life rather than truly living life and realizing, you know what, I might not look like that ever, no matter what I do, how hard I work out, how much makeup I put on. Um, How do we convey that, like switching gears to get them to truly realize that that is not reality, to look like that, to to have a life like that? You know, they all drive their – sports cars, How
3: <laughs> <It's a, laughs> How do you convey that? I know that's a great question, and I feel like I'm still learning that even with my own life. Um, I think one of the things I've learned is, you know, we are so bombarded with TV and magazines and even just what our friends say, of who we are and who we should be and this is what you should look like and, you know, you need to be this size to be pursued by a guy, and um, and we can easily be thinking about that and be consumed by it. And so to be constantly, um, we need to put off those things and put on what God says about us. So, you know, be in God's Word, and what does He say about me, and to write those on our, our mirror in the bathroom and in our car, and to be filling our mind with those truths, and to teach those girls those same things and so you know they're watching your life and um how you handle it and also just to be talking to them and sharing truth with them like hey this is what I read this morning isn't this so cool that God thinks this about us and um to just become familiar with that is huge
2: Well, you know, it is so, it's hard because the world does scream so many messages to us loudly and and trying to tell us the values and place values upon us. And it is really hard to shut that down and to, tr- to listen to that quiet voice inside us that does tell us that we're loved and cherished and, and wanted. And in your book, Spoken For, you, you, go, you share some honest stories, which we so appreciate that authenticity where you can go, okay, this is who I am, this is my real struggles, not trying to candy coat all that. But you talk about, in your book, about your struggles with an eating disorder. And we know that affects so many young gals that the statistics are so high, especially, you know, in college age. How has that experience, for you personally, how, have, how did you overcome that and how has that affected you and, and even your messaging with, with younger gals?
3: Yeah, well, I think, um, you know, mine started when I was 16 and I wouldn't even admit that I had one until college and it just, it was off and on and um, as I, through the years, I realized it really was a control issue for me and whenever something in my life wasn't in my control... I would turn to eating and um and so it was so hard and I know so many girls do struggle with that. And what really helped me was I know it was a lot of prayer and when I moved to Naui I had um great roommates who um didn't struggle with that and then an awesome mentor who had gone through that in college too and um and just to be able to do life with them and they really helped me to admit it and also um to really put off those lies I was believing again and to put on the truth and realizing that I'm made in the image of God and, um, that I am fearfully and wonderfully made. And, you know, I had known those verses, but to actually admit my problem and to really lay down those lies and to put on that truth and believe it. And I would have to, you know, I'd have to quote that scripture to myself over and over sometimes every day and every moment and, um, and then also, practically, my mentor would just help me with, like, okay, hey, this is what you should be eating, and this is a good amount, and, you know, just a bunch of those things. But to have that person in my life to really walk through it with me was huge. And, um, and I think now having been through that and come out of that, um, it gives me so much compassion for girls that are struggling with it, too, and, um, to just really be prayerful for them and to know, how to interact with them, and I'm not an expert at all. But the Lord um, graciously using my story to hopefully encourage them and um, point them to Him. Well, that is a powerful
2: story, and it does give a lot of encouragement to others to see the hope. Like we talked about, so many you know, so many people are looking around, going, "Where is the hope? Where is life mm-hmm. beyond this situation?" And so you're 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 there. You're a living example of life. There is life beyond, you know, whatever that we, whatever obstacle we're looking at, and that we're allowing to define us. And in in just in what you're saying, you're bringing up a point without really saying it, but it really is about community. Not living Mm -hmm. in the isolation where we can hide easy and hide the stuff and the secrets, but it's it's coming out and being in a community, putting ourselves with people, um, a, like a safe circle kind of around us, like you're talking about your mentor and people just coming alongside you to encourage you. And, and it's easy for us to just withdraw and, and, and hold back instead of putting ourselves out there, stepping out in, in uncomfortable you know, zones to let people mm-hmm. in our lives to surround us, to do life together. And that is the thing. It, it is easy. Like we talked earlier about like the social media. It's easy to sit back behind a computer screen and just hide, and our and our interactions are virtual instead of the face to face. A lot of you, a lot of people I know we said earlier are familiar with your husband Jefferson Bethke and his popular book and and his videos. And when you write, a lot of your writing, you talk about you your guys's relationship and how you met, and how does even that story of love has affected how you see God, your relationship with God, and and if you know with his success and with what you know what God is blessing you with, your lives have got to be very public. And so even just navigating through that to go finding ourselves in that and not allowing the busyness and just the noise of life to, you know, kind of come into and and uh kind of weed out the quiet moments that we can have with God. So can you just talk about that a little bit?
3: Yeah. Um Well, I think one of the hard things about being so public, which we love, we love it so much, but um, being able to, you know, be, get to know other people. But sometimes on social media, it can seem so perfect and we're not perfect at all. We're just, you know, your normal couple. And, um, but I think one thing about our dating relationship that I love so much, um, was just, you know, I kind of grew up with this idea that I wasn't going to date till I just knew I found the guy I wanted to marry and we'd date and fall in love and get married and live happily ever after. And, um, I'm really thankful that the Lord had a different plan, and it didn't work out that way, and Jeff was my first boyfriend, but I broke it off and dated another guy, and um, and um then we got back together, but the Lord really showed me through that process just how God is the relentless pursuer and the relentless, relentless lover, and He doesn't give up on us, and, you know, He's the God of second chances, and regardless of how messy we are, He doesn't go anywhere and he's just waiting there wanting us and I love that the Lord showed me that and that truth about God and um you know I called things off with Jeff and it was really messy and I was messy and um and then when we got back together Jeff just never stopped loving me, you know, and he when I apologized it was nothing but grace and kindness and he just had waited for me and um so I just love our story and I love that the Lord showed his character through it in that
2: okay so let's go back to when you're talking about with Jefferson and you guys are dating and you're in it and then you call it off and then you go forward Why? what happened in that period like you went okay I gotta call this off
3: yeah well you have it says more in spoken for but um, basically you know I'd never dated before and everything was new and we were long distance and um and so a big part of it was, I think, Jeff just, he did need to grow a little more, and um, and he had things that he needed to work on. But more for me is just, I was so scared of conflict. And so anytime that I was annoyed by something or something bothered me, I just buried it. And, you know, I buried it, and I didn't talk about it. I just wanted it to be perfect. And and it really ate away at me and so instead of sharing these things with Jeff and working on it together and talking about it, um, I just called it off out of the blue and which is devastating and um and so yeah, that's kind of and so I ended it and the Lord totally used it and it was really good for us to be broken up for a year. But um once we started to date again it was just so great to um, have learned that lesson. And then when things did come up to be able to talk about it together and, um, you know, work things out. And that's what a relationship is. Sometimes it's messy, and but it's so sweet to work it out together.
2: Absolutely. Hey, we just want to thank you. We have to unfortunately go into a commercial break. Thank you, Alyssa, for joining us today and your book Spoken For. We're going to have information on our site at Girlfriended, how they can get a hold of this book and run and gobble it up and love your sweet spirit, love your authenticity and your vulnerability. Thank you for joining us today and we want to have you back. So when we come back, we're going to be joined by our next guest, author Julia Roller. We'll be right back. We were thriving in a youth ministry when God clearly called us out of our Bible Belt comfort zone to plant a church in California. Stadia's 90-plus percent success rate gave us all the confidence we needed. They also cared for us through amazing support networks to encourage us like Bloom, a -a one-of-a-kind ministry for planters' wives. It's here I find deep friendships with like-minded gals who want to change lives.
7: Stadia brings people and churches together to transform lives and communities through church planting. For more information, go to stadia.cc.
6: starts now.
0: Join Clarence Caldwell and True Life Academy every Monday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on the TokiNet Radio Network.
5: My husband and I were in youth ministry and knew nothing about church planning. But as we felt God leading us to start a new church, we were connected with Stadia. They gave us coaching and personal care, giving us the confidence that we needed. They even have a ministry called Bloom that's designed to support me as a lead planner spouse. We now lead a church in Cleveland, Ohio that's transforming
4: lives and we couldn't have done without
7: Stadia. Stadia brings people and churches together to transform lives and communities through church planting. For more information, go to stadia.cc.
0: Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio, a chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on Toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa.
1: Joining us now is Julia Roller, author of Mom Seeks God, Practicing Grace in the Chaos. Well, when caring for a baby, it often becomes difficult to focus completely on God. When exhaustion gets sets in and the baby's crying, prayer and meditation tends to take a back seat. When nap time dictates your daily routine, going to the weekly woman's Bible study is often the first thing taken off the calendar. When mother and author Julia Roller's first son was born, like all new moms, her world was changed in more ways than she could have ever imagined um, perhaps, perhaps most surprisingly, she found herself unprepared for the impact motherhood would have on her spiritual life, and I think so many of us can relate to that. Um, you feel like the, you know this this wonderful experience of having a, a child and having your your first baby, and maybe your second, your third, your fourth. That this is going to be a time where you can just breathe in God, and yet it's just hard to take that that time to set aside um for that quiet time and in her new book Mom Seeks God Practicing Grace Julia inspires other mothers by sharing about her struggles as a new mom and how she was able to reconnect with God by reintroducing spiritual discipline into her newly changed life so Julia welcome to girlfriend at radio well you're going to have me patty so thank you
2: hello, <laughs> a- hello Julia Lisa how are thou <laughs> okay we we're going to we're getting julia on um, to join us she will be joining us hey,
1: but right, so i have to ask you i have to ask you the same question lisa when you first had your babies um, how did you find that time to cuz i know for me it w- it was truly hard to get to bible study because i would play this game i would think i want to go to bible study i want to have that community i i do want to have that that christian fellowship but by the time I would get ready, get the, you know, baby milk, dried stuff all over that was just was like spit up on me, you kind of give up and go, oh, I'm just going to have my own quiet time right here. I don't, I don't need to drive and get them all ready and et cetera. So what did you do? Well, you know, that was such a long time
2: ago and I don't really remember. I I, I do remember the difficulty and the busyness and just trying to find balance in the middle of just chaos and out of control. But you know what? Let's just hear from Julia, because she wrote about, you know, just how do we reintroduce the spiritual discipline into our lives, even in the midst of those transitions of life, whether you're a new mom or whether you're, you know, having a career move or you're moving across the country. You know, when, when, when life disrupts life, how do you still make God such a constant and such a vibrant part of your life? Well, joining us now is author Julia Roller. And Julia, we want to welcome you to Girlfriend at Radio. Oh, hi. Thank you for having me. Well, we are excited to talk about this. And, and we introduced you when we were talking about you behind your back. And we talked about mm-hmm. your, new, your new book, Mom Seeks God, Practicing Grace. And just kind of unpacking all of that. And so you kind of, the, the background of this book what inspired you to truly go, I, I need to write this book?
5: Well, it was actually, I, I was working on another book at the time. It was called A Year With God. And I kept writing the lines, in your daily prayer time, in your daily prayer time, in your daily prayer time. And I couldn't help but notice that since I'd become a mom, that um, a year before that, I just didn't have a daily prayer time anymore. And that was embarrassing and, and hard to admit. So I realized I've got to make a change because, you know, my life is so busy and so chaotic right now that I I didn't feel like I, you know, had the time to, I, I didn't, I couldn't pray and I couldn't study the Bible like I had before because I didn't have the same kind of quiet, and the same kind of time to myself. So I realized, okay, you know, I've got to figure out some new ways to engage in these practices that will fit with my life as a mom.
1: Well, you talk a little bit about the guilt that goes along <laughs> with not having that spiritual discipline, and I, I think that so many times, um, in, in, in many things that we do, but especially w- within our, our quiet time, that that even separates us more when we take on that guilt, and the, the longer you go without that quiet time, without that, that spiritual discipline, then you, you, you almost give up. So were you going through some, I know you write about that a little bit in your book and I I love that, that you're so genuine and authentic and and just being vulnerable by putting it out there because so many of us need to hear that because you think everybody else is having this fabulous quiet time and they're so, (laughs) so close to God and yet, you know, you're just kind of going down, you know, you're just a heathen basically. So share with us a little bit more about those emotions that you were going through. I I did feel that way. And I, and I realized that there was more to it. I mean, I,
5: there was more to it than just kind of my lack of, you know, quiet time and things. I was, I was just having some struggles. I was having a hard time as a mom. And, um, and I think I was just, you know, just kind of struggling with, um, you know, I, I was just, I think a little, having a little struggle with God over it. Like, you know, you, you created me, um, and you created this wonderful son and I'm so grateful for him, but, you know, I'm struggling a lot here, and you know, I, I just think I, I felt maybe to put it most simply, I felt like, you know, you um, you made me a mom. Why didn't you make me better at it? Mm. And, and I, I really wanted to. I really needed God. But at the same time, I just felt I don't know. I just I had this kind of feelings of um, resentment, and um, and then once you get out of the habit of praying. Is was something I noticed it's, it's hard to get back in the habit, you know, it's um, so I, so I, once I, once I stopped kind of just going to God first, with with these struggles I was having, then um, it became harder, I think to, to make that regular prayer time to bring it back into my life. And I just was realizing how much I needed it and how much the way that I was feeling inadequate as a mom, how much I needed God, how much I needed God to help me to be the parent I wanted to be.
1: Well, when you say that about the, 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 more you spend less time praying, <laughs> the more you just get <laughs> the habit of not praying. Uh, I just heard, uh, and I'm going to mess up this quote uh, because I, like I said, I heard it and I was going to write it down because you think, oh, I won't forget that, and now it, it's already um, bypassed my brain. But it, the, the more that the more you pray, the more you want to pray, the more you want to pray, the more you need to pray, the more you need to pray the more you crave praying. And that is so true. It's like you get out of that mm-hmm. habit. And uh, I remember there was a season in my life, um, it was right around that time with with babies, that you would go to bed at night and realize you hadn't talked to God at all. And mm-hmm. now I look back on that, and I can re- actually remember days thinking, I haven't even talked to God at all. And that seems so foreign now. But to, to, to go back to that, and remember that, that, that time, that season in your, in your life. So definitely, uh, we do, you get in that habit to where you just, you crave, you crave that time. Even if you can't have that quiet time, you just know that just going to God and praying, you can't live with, without that. Well, you, you talk a little bit about, um, just some of the suffering, even, you know, just the periods where you were sitting on the couch and you're, you know, trying to pump. It's like this is such a that season of life, and um, you just you were both wailing, just crying. <laughs> and so, do you feel like there was even just that that time of just depression that takes place there? Absolutely, and I I I,
5: I felt as a new mom um, that. Yeah, I just felt like I, it was a struggle to get through every day. Um, and it was, yeah, we had these n- terrible troubles with breastfeeding and I know that's very common. I talked to so many people who can relate to that and, um, I was prescribed a medication to help increase my milk supply and I'm glad that I was because it helped tremendously, but it also had some side effects of depression. And, and so I was, yeah, I was in a, I was in a difficult spot. I, I felt like every, you don't even realize until you're out of it either. But I felt huh. like every single day of taking care of a newborn, it was going to be like that for the next 18 years. That's how I thought of it. Every mm-hmm. single day for the next 18 years, is going to be like this. And how am I going yeah. to get through it? Okay, how am I going to get through this next hour? And then the hour after that, and then the hour after that. And and when that time ended, and it did end because things got easier, I went off that medication. and um, But then I, I, it wasn't until afterward that I realized I was in a very, very, dark place there. I mean, I was really depressed. And when you're in it, you just feel so bad. You don't even, it's hard to even have any perspective about it. Mm -hmm.
7: Mm -hmm.
2: Well, you, as you're saying, you know, motherhood in itself is is filled with a lot of guilt and especially as a new mom, because you don't know exactly what you should be doing. And every day looks different. I just remember those days when I'd go, like, if you had two days that were kind of the same schedule, you're like, okay, I'm getting into a rhythm. And then the third day it's totally something completely different. And so in the midst of that, and you're, you're exhausted and, and you don't have a schedule anymore. And for those that really live on a schedule, that's, that's really difficult. And then you're, then you're feeling like the pressure, like you said, my spiritual disciplines are lacking. And so there can be a lot of emotions of guilt where it's even hard to get started. And we know the answer mm-hmm. It's like, the more I pray and I need to crave and I do know that. But it, when you're in that dry place, you're just surviving, and it's like mm-hmm. just kind of going through the motions. And then you add on top of that where you hear people saying, you know, you need to, you know, get up early in the morning and have your quiet time. And I just remember thinking, like you're saying, I have this for 18 years. And I remember thinking, will I ever be able to get up in the morning and just get ready at one, like in one period of time? Not in anchor of, okay, now I, I comb three strands of hair. I'm going to go take care of this and I'll be back. I just remember that going, I long for the day to just get up and just get ready at one <laughs> one segment thing, you know? And those days do go by fast. But when you're in the middle of it, they seem like eternity. And, and just trying to incorporate that spiritual discipline. Well, we only have like about a minute till we're going to take a break. And we want to come back and talk about these spiritual disciplines, like you're talking about, just bringing prayer back in and, and not putting prayer in a box and not putting our spiritual disciplines and like I have to do it this way and I have to do it for this this length of time. But really going, you know, I can create it with God and make it personal and make mm-hmm. it, you know, work for me. And not it, what works for me doesn't mean it works for somebody else over there or what works for them. And so just exactly. kind of come back and go, okay, God, this is you and me. And, you know, we have this major life transition that's wonderful. So when we come back, we're going to talk more about spiritual disciplines, the reality. How do we make them? How do we really thrive in these seasons of transition? We're going to be right back.
1: That's when we got connected with Stadia. They have incredible systems in place to support our family, including a network designed specifically for me, the spouse of a church planner. We could have never done it without Stadia.
7: Stadia brings people and churches together to transform lives and communities through church planting. For more information, go to stadia.cc.
6: True Life Academy starts now.
0: Join Clarence Caldwell and True Life Academy every Monday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, right here on the TokiNet Radio Network. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio, a chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show. On com, And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa.
4: We are
1: back with mom and author Julia Roller. And she just finished a book in Mom Seeks God. Julia shares her own personal journey with reconnecting with her faith in the midst of the busy days of being a new mom. And I especially love the way. Uh, You kind of help some of us just uh, take that guilt off, Julia, where we're not always um, focusing on how horrible we are in our relationship with the Lord and our spiritual discipline. And you write about 10 practices that you focused on uh, bringing into your own personal life. Uh, that sounds very overwhelming to most of us, but you were able to gradually like reintroduce the disciplines into practice so can you share some of those tips? I actually have two questions for you: Why do you think that this book that you wrote is so different than other books that encourage moms, and then also talk a little bit about some of those ten practices or ten tips. Well, I hope that
3: this
5: book will really be a practical help to moms that you know, moms like me who just really, you know, want to have, keep their faith life just as strong as it was, or even stronger before they had kids. Because, you know, one of the great things about being a mom is that it teaches you so much about God's love, you know, the love that you have for your children. I mean, so you have this great basis there for, you know, for strengthening your your relationship with your Lord, even more, So, you know, even maybe in a different way than when you, before you became a mom. But sometimes it's hard to, I mean, certainly for me, it was, it's hard to figure out how do you practically fit those steps into your daily life. And so I hope that, um, I, with, with these chapters, there's a chapter for each of 10 different spiritual practices. And then at the end, I have not my non expert tips about, you know, how to, how to meet God through these, in these ways. And I hope that it will be something that people can relate to and that they can incorporate in their lives without, you know, there are things that are, I know how it is. I know how busy you are and how overwhelmed we all are. And, how we just feel like we can't cram one more thing in. And so, you know, I I was just looking for ways that I could meet God in, with the way my life already worked. And so mm-hmm. I hope that other moms can relate to that.
1: Well, I, I know one that you share, which is is so funny because I'm going to say it out loud and people are going to go, No, not that! Um, But you just share how you you fasted from TV. And I have to tell you, it's so funny because I was just with a a group of of women and they were talking about um, Netflix where Mm -hmm. it's so easy to binge. You know, someone will say, hey, have you seen, you know, Scandal or (laughs) whatever it is. And, And it's like this binge watching that takes place. And, uh, you know, I I grew up in the day, in this definitely, I'm giving my age away, where we had to wait, like, to watch Sound of Music. We had to wait for it to come out once a year. And it would fall on, like, Sunday night where we had to go to church that night, and you'd be so bummed that you weren't going to be able to watch that show. And now it's at your fingertips. Whatever movie you want to watch, you can watch it as many times as you want. So. Um, that just seemed like such a great tip and a great practice to get into that um, I could see how for fasting from TV would be like fasting from, from food for a lot of people because that's a huge time to go, okay, I'm going to give it. And you realize how much time you have in a day. Right. You remove some of that. So how did, how did that work for you when you did that?
5: Well, I was going to fast from food, but I found out shortly before that that I was pregnant, and so I, you know, so food fast didn't really make sense for me then. Um, Health wise, I didn't think that was a good choice. So, I was looking for something else. And the idea behind fasting, I think, is you know you 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 give you you try not to do something in order to give that time to God, in order to open up more space for God in your life. And I think that's what a lot of the practices are about. But So I thought TV would be a good one, and I did not come to that realization very happily, I will tell you, (laughs) because that was my time for me, right? The kids go to bed, and then my husband and I watched a show that we DVR'd, um, or Netflix, you know, and that was our, that was our, that was my me time. I looked forward to it, but I realized that I didn't actually enjoy it very much. Um, It almost became something else on my to do list, you know, like I have to watch that before my DVR deletes it. (laughs) um, And I I would fall asleep in the middle of it because I was so tired all the time. And I'd be like, this is really not that enjoyable, like, you know, struggling to peel my eyes open so I can find out what happened at the end of the show. And so I I gave it up um, and I realized that I got so many other things done. It opened up so much time for me. And most of all, I got more sleep. And I I feel like God really at that point in my life was telling me, you know, you need more sleep than anything else. And this is something that's taking, it's robbing you of sleep, just mm-hmm. watching TV at night and, and getting more sleep made me just feel better about everything.
1: Uh, you know what, and that so many times once again we get into like legalism of what we need to fast from. I know uh, it was a funny story with our team. Um, we decided that we were going to have a cleansing and fast, and we were we were praying for something specific going on in our organization and uh, we went around in our circle and said okay what what do you want right now you know in this season to just give up?" And we're going to go through this fast. And it was funny, you know, someone said TV, someone said sugar. They were teasing me that I needed to fast from sex. And then um, with my husband, of course. (laughs) And and then one of the gals said uh, floss. She was going to fast from floss. And, And that became the biggest joke. But apparently, you know, she would do this flossing three days a week and it would drive her crazy if she didn't floss. So that's been the best fasting story that I've, I've ever heard of so far. Um, okay, can you can you share um, a, a couple of things of ways that mom can get more time to, to pray versus just fasting? Sure, well, for
5: prayer was an um, emphasis for the whole book. I mean, I just felt like, I mean, I liked what you said earlier so much about you know the more we pray, the more we want to pray, and I just realized I have got to get a daily prayer time back in my life so that I can you know, and then it it makes makes you want to, it makes you does make you crave that time with God, and it makes it makes me reach out to God more easily in the in the little minutes of my life as I'm going through you know life with my children and life with work, and um, and and I'd always you always hear right get up in the morning and spend an hour you know and study in prayer and. That did seem wonderful, but my, my children got up, my, my son, my first son in particular got up so early, <laughs> and, and that just seemed really, really hard for me. And so I started looking at it, and I started thinking of it in terms of like our first fruits, offering your first fruit to God. And to me, that's about giving God the best,
3: mm-hmm. giving God
5: when you and you're at your best. And for me, that's always been at night. I'm a night owl, a night person. I do some of my best writing at night, and and I started thinking, gosh, what if I just tried to do my prayer at night? And I was very worried I would start falling asleep in the middle of all my prayer, because um, that had been a struggle for me in the past. But So I I tried a kind of prayer that had a little more structure to it, where I started looking, you know, how did I see God today? Um, And then I started asking, where did I feel far from God? And I'd ask for forgiveness for those times, and then... Ask God to help me do better the next day. And so having that little bit of structure helped me to stay awake and to really look, I really look forward to those times. And I still pray that way every night. And I think of it as my strategy session with God. You know, what am I going to do better tomorrow? How can I? How can I, you know, be more connected to you? How can I be a better mom and a better wife and a better writer?
2: And All you know what? What you're saying is, it's finding what works for you and your lifestyle, mm-hmm. and and making it sustainable. So it's not like um, a flavor of the month. Like, okay, I'm going to practice these spiritual disciplines, and I'm going to be really good for a month, and then you, you know, you slack off, and you're like, okay, I'm back to the guilt feelings again, and it's like this roller coaster, right? And it really is finding what works in in your own lifestyle, with your own family, with your own schedule, and. What you're saying about a night person, I am such a night person too, and I do my best at night too. And if you listen, mm-hmm. to a lot of people are like, "Okay, you got to be a morning person," and you know, it's like God hears our prayers best in the morning, and you know, all these things. And you're like, "Okay, but I don't do mornings well. I do, I do evenings." And so, really, it's finding what is sustainable. So, how would you? Um, and we only have like about three minutes, Julia. Do we? Do we have to end our show? So, in those three minutes, how do you make it sustainable? And how do women find your book? and find more information about you. And we're going to also have information on our site at um, dot com to, to so people can find you. But in, the, in less than three minutes, can you address that?
5: <laughs> Go. Well, it does, it does <laughs> feel that way. You know, It feels like, okay, well, I did that. And I think people look at my book sometimes, they think, okay, well, if you can do it for a month. And I say, yes, you can do it for a month. But what you do for a month is you figure out, just as you said, the way that it will work in your life from here on out. And it's so rewarding when you find a, a way of prayer that, that works for you and that helps you to feel closer to God and to open up space for God's voice that you want to continue with it. Um, and you find that you pray more during the day. And when you find that turning off the radio and the music when you're practicing silence or simplicity helps you to feel more calm and to um, feel more connected to God and hear God better, then you want to keep doing that. You know, So, yes, you find those things that work for you. Find the the places where you can open up a little more space for God. I think that's what it's about, really, just kind of opening up more more space for God in our life.
2: And what it looks and, like for you, and celebrating those little wins, like this this is mm-hmm. a win for me. This is, mm-hmm. this works. This this lights me up. It encourages me. So you keep doing it. That's mm-hmm. right. Instead of just feeling like I should have done more of this and more of that. More exactly, thinking about I
5: did do that and that was wonderful. But we we're not so good at that most of the time.
6: Exactly.
2: <laughs> Well, and again thank you for joining our show and how do women find this book and and what is it that you want them to walk away with
5: well i hope that women um but first of all you can find it it's, it's available anywhere books are sold but an easy way to find it is my website which is julia roller dot com, and you can um, find it available from all kinds of booksellers there but i hope that women reading the book um We'll just come away with a sense of grace um, in their lives, just the sense of just just letting go of some of the guilt. And I felt like God—that was God's message to me throughout the whole year. Just you know, just don't don't feel so bad about everything. You know, seek me, and then just stop worrying about all the other stuff. And that was a really welcome message. And I think it was welcome for many moms.
2: Well, and that is a great message. And like at the beginning of the show, we we asked the question, you know, about. How do you believe that you truly are loved and pursued by God and cherished, and the, a lot of times the stories that we tell ourselves it 's not that you know golden message it 's more i didn 't do this, I should have done that, and so how do we even change? the story we tell ourselves. So we really embrace that God does love us. He does cherish us and he has a purpose and a plan for our life. And so really that's what you're saying too. And finding that rhythm where we can have that relationship, that personal relationship with God, where we, we allow him to speak into our life and we're listening. So thanks for joining our show today. And hopefully you're, you're, you are leaving, believing that you are loved, wanted, pursued and cherished. Now that the task is we just need to practice what we know so we want to challenge you today to go live golden and enjoy and embrace being loved
0: for being a part of this special program, It, the show dedicated to the most important woman you know, yourself.